Welcome to the Fruitful and Fearless podcast, where we're serving up gospel-fueled courage to the Christian woman to remain faithful in her calling. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Fruitful and Fearless podcast. I am here today with my good friend, JC. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm glad that you were able to come on today. I didn't know if you guys had good internet where you live, so I didn't know. She's from Carbondale. She lives in Carbondale and goes to Christ Church, so we're, she's local, but we're actually doing this on Zoom today because that's how life is. But I didn't know if Zoom would work because you guys kind of live in the middle of nowhere. We can't actually get it, so we just have the stuff on our phone, whatever's on your phone, Wi-Fi. Cool. Um, so another thing about JC, she and I are doing a read a hard book together challenge. <laughs> It's been going really well. We're reading Anna Karenina or Anna Karenina, however you like to say it. Yes. Do you say? Yeah. Do you say Karenina or Karenina? Karenina. Yeah. Yeah. Anna Karenina. Feels redundant. What are you thinking about it so far? We'll just do a little icebreaker of let's talk about Anna Karenina and our thoughts about reading a big book. Yeah, I really like it a lot. It's. I think you and I have talked a lot about how. Tolstoy really understands the human and he writes the human very well. And so it's, his characters are very easy to relate to and to really, they really are endeared to you and you start loving the characters because he writes. (laughs) Yeah. Even the ones that make terrible decisions and you're like, oh, you're the villain of the story, but I still understand where you're coming from. And like, I sympathize with you his writing is fantastic and there's so many characters, but somehow they're all very unique and uh, memorable. And I just, I'm really enjoying it way more than I thought I would. When I started Mm -hmm. reading it by myself last year, it was overwhelming, but now um, that we're doing it together, I'm like super enjoying it. And it feels like a movie. Whenever I sit down to read it, I feel like I'm watching a movie. Yeah. I love it. I assume he's not a Christian. I don't really know a lot about Tolstoy, but um, he really, for not being a Christian, he understands how the world works. And Mm -hmm. I know it was written a long time ago, but it just seems like people today don't understand how the world works and how God made the world. And he, even though he's not a Christian. Now I'm curious if Tolstoy was a Christian or not, because there have, there have been a couple instances where there's been like religious aspects. Do you remember when Kitty had this like religious experience? Yes. And then there was another one too. There's been like a couple instances where there's been what he calls religious experiences. I can't remember what the other one was. Maybe it was when Levin's brother died. I don't care. But um, yeah, that makes me wonder now if he was a Christian or not. We're going to have to look that up. But anyways, (laughs) so we're actually here today. JC is super knowledgeable about birth and pregnancy and postpartum and um, is also very passionate about that. So I asked her to come on today so we can just talk a little bit about that, that she can give us some wisdom and insight and tell us why this is important and why this matters and why we should care about it. So anyways, introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about yourself, and then we can just jump in. Um, yeah, like Jordan said, I'm JC and we have three kiddos. We, let's see, with our first, we attempted home birth, ended up transferring. Um, I think ransom was sunny side up, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. So that's why we ended up transferring. 
And then our last two kiddos have been home births that have gone just really, really well. And I wouldn't say I'm an expert on birth, <laughs> but, um, but I try to read about it and learn about it so that I can hopefully have good outcomes. But I, I was just talking to my friend, Andrea, and we were talking about how we feel like in the world today, you have to be an expert to be able to talk or teach about anything when really you don't, you just have to know more than what I know, you know, or more than whoever you're talking to. And we can all share wisdom and experiences to one another. And we don't have to be experts. We have to be learners and people who are wanting to learn more and wanting to gain knowledge. And so anyway, yeah, I, I like it. You said, I'm not an expert, but it's like, you don't have to be an expert. And I think, I think we get caught in that trap of thinking that we have to have a four-year degree or have, have our PhD in birthing to be able to say anything about birthing, but, yep. but we don't. So anyways, let's jump in. So why does it matter? Why does it matter that we learn about this? Why don't we just go to the first OB that we pick out of the quote unquote yellow pages? Like I said, yellow pages, like that's a thing still <laughs> and just go and do what they say. And then, you know, you know, have birth, have a birth. Why not just do that? Why does it matter to learn about this? Um, well, first of all, I think that, um, not that you're sinning in any way. If you just, if you do that, if you just go grab an OB and do what they say, but I think it is important, um, to remember that God has given us these children. And so, um, with that, he has given us the responsibility to make wise decisions for our own bodies and for our children. Um, and so, for me, that's the basis of it because, um, he hasn't given that job to the government or to the doctors or to whomever he's given it to me and Daniel. Mm -hmm. Um, and then also this is the beginning of your child's health. Um, it doesn't begin once they're born. It really begins once they're conceived. And, um, I guess truthfully, even before that, um, mm -hmm. if you think, you know, if you're having a baby girl, um, when you are pregnant with her, she is developing all of her eggs. So truthfully, your health began when your grandmother was pregnant, which, which is, is crazy. insane. I saw an illustration um, of that the other day and I was like, what? Crazy. And, and also it's important for mama's health in the future as well. Of course, you can still be healthy. You know, if you have a C-section baby, if a mama has C-section, of course you can still be healthy, but um, God has a physiological plan for birth. And um, we believe that that is the best plan if we can accomplish that. So I think that's why it matters. And I think we always, we should always aim for the ideal, but be at peace in the knowledge that God is sovereign. If things exactly. don't go the way that we planned. Of course, that's fine. Like none of my births have gone the way that I planned, literally, literally zero, <laughs> but God has been sovereign. And I know that the births that I had were the ones that I needed to have more than ones mm -hmm. that I had planned in my mind and just being at peace with that, knowing that God protected me and God sustained me, even though it wasn't what I hoped, but that doesn't mean we don't plan or yeah, we don't plan and hope for and pray for the ideal situation and be knowledgeable about what we hope that ideal situation is. Um, so like trusting the Lord, being at peace, he's sovereign, and then also being a good steward of what he's, what he's given us, like being faithful with the talent that he's given us and not just burying it and like, well, whatever, we'll make it through like, okay. Yeah. But how can we make it through to the very best of our ability? And especially, I think if you have other kids knowing like, I want to feel the best that I can through this pregnancy and postpartum period, because I have other people to take care of. So just like 
very practically speaking, you want your pregnancy to be okay because you have a lot of other things to do. Yeah. So that's another thing that I think about with pregnancy and nutrition and health and just wanting to be able to be faithful with all this other stuff that I have going on as well. Yes, definitely. But sometimes you can be faithful on bed rest. It doesn't mean that you're not faithful if you're literally laying down the last half of your pregnancy, because sometimes that's got God's sovereign plan for you too. just trusting the Lord with all the outcomes. I guess just really quick on also why it matters. Um, Like you were saying um, with the outcome, no matter the outcome, you can also learn from your outcome. Like I said, with Annabelle, our first, we had planned a home birth and we ended up having to go to the hospital and it was not, it did not go well. Like Mm -hmm. I ended up having her quote unquote naturally, you know, I had an epidural, um, but with the pediatrician, that was in a hospital and just everything went so wrong. And I was mm-hmm. so young, I was 20, but Daniel and I were able to learn from mm-hmm. that and learn, okay, this is the goal of hospitals. The hospital isn't necessarily there to help me. They're there for their goal and their mm-hmm. end game. Mm-hmm. Um, and now we know how to navigate through that. Now yeah. we know how to prepare ourselves in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, so even though that was really hard on us at a really young age. We learned so much from it um, going forward. So my, my second pregnancy, Valor, it was by far the hardest pregnancy and also the hardest postpartum period. And I think it 100% had to do with the fact that we had just got done building our house and I was just completely mentally and physically exhausted. (laughs) So many decisions from building our house and all of that. There was a part of pregnancy that was my permission to be lazy that was really unhealthy for me that it was like, okay, I'm pregnant now. I can just stop. Cause we had worked so hard for like six months building our house and it was just so much. And then I got pregnant with Valor and just, like I said, was lazy. And I did not exercise very much at the beginning. Uh, cause I was super, I'm always super, uh, morning sick. And then I started feeling better, but then it was like, let's just do everything as easy as possible. My nutrition was bad. Uh, my habits with exercise were bad. And so I just continued with the cycle of feeling bad, eating bad, not exercising, and then feeling bad. And then I had Valor and then my thyroid messed up and I went into hyperthyroid and that took one year <laughs> to be fixed. So anyways, my lesson in that was like, be on top of what's going on with your body right now, because it can take a long time to fix itself naturally. And I do believe that God made our bodies to heal in most circumstances on their own with the right support and nutrition. And I'm thankful that I didn't have to get on medication for my thyroid. Um, I just did some natural stuff that really helped. And um, it ended up going back, back at a normal range on its own, but it was a long road to get it there. So again, like you said, a lesson learned to be faithful and be diligent in the moment rather than just like, eh, it's my permission to just be lazy or my permission to eat all the boxed food now. Yeah, definitely. That'll lead, leads us right into um, prenatal yeah. habits like you were talking about. So obviously, no matter what you do while you're pregnant, you could have not a great outcome. Yes. Um, mm-hmm our lifestyle will hopefully optimize our chances of having a good outcome, the outcome that we want. And so like you were saying, you know, if we're, if we're not nourishing ourselves well, if we're just kind of sitting on the couch all the time, because we are pregnant and can be lazy, you're not going to be ready for Mm -hmm. the hard work. You know, my midwife always tells me, um, if you do the hard work during pregnancy, then labor is the easy part. Um, Mm -hmm. Ideally, of course. 
So a couple of books that I've been reading, Nourishing Traditions, Baby and Child Care by Sally Fallon. I've been enjoying that. Yep, that one. (laughs) (laughs) I have my book sitting here. Yeah. And um, I've been reading The Naturally Healthy Pregnancy by Shonda Parker. I enjoy that one as well. When we talk about birth resources, even if it's coming from a Christian perspective, really take everything with a grain of salt and Mm -hmm. be discerning, even if it's coming. Like she, um, Shonda Parker, she advocates for eating kosher, which I'm not saying that's bad or anything, but just kind of some of the things she says, you know, just be on your guard always, no matter what. And so some birth resources can kind of get hippy dippy, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Don't, (laughs) don't let your birth resources define your theology. Exactly. exactly. (laughs) So just general good things to focus on, um, whole foods, not, not the box stuff, not the easy stuff, unfortunately, (laughs) organic in, uh, we want to make sure we're getting in our proteins and our good fats. Also water. I shoot for a hundred ounces a day and then our, our herbal supplements, natural remedies our you know, your teas, your herbal teas, those are all really good things to be looking into for good nourishment for you and baby while you're pregnant. Yeah. Nourishing traditions is really big on eating lots of eggs when you're pregnant too, a couple eggs a day, which I'm Mm -hmm. not a huge egg person. Um, but when I'm pregnant, I always try to eat at least a couple eggs a day when I can have raw milk, (laughs) which we finally found somebody. We finally found a resource for raw milk. It's like a huge, awesome thing for our family because I've looked for that for so long. Yeah. Eating raw milk and like getting things that are actually full of vitamins. I try to eat liver a lot whenever I'm pregnant and not pregnant, especially when I'm nursing too. We just think how to fill my stomach so that I don't feel hungry instead Mm -hmm. of thinking of food as how to nourish my body so that it works as best that it can. And especially during pregnancy and breastfeeding, you're giving out so much of your resources. So in order to not be depleted of those things, and again, if you want to have consecutive children and um, if your pregnancies are kind of close together in any way, like less than three years, even, um, we need to be like re-nourishing our bodies as best as possible so that we are healthy after the baby is born also. Uh, with Aurelia, her birth went great. And then afterwards I, um, ended up hemorrhaging and it was fine. The midwife stopped the bleeding and everything, but I was so (laughs) anemic. I could barely function after I had her for a month or so because I was so depleted. And, um, while I was pregnant with her, I was eating, I wasn't eating any red meat and towards like two, probably two weeks before I had her, I was just so drained Mm -hmm. that I, I needed to start eating red meat again. Mm -hmm. And so I did because, and there's no way I would have made it through labor if I hadn't started doing that. Um, So. so I, I eat a lot of liver when I'm pregnant, like at least once a week. And I just mix that with ground beef. So it doesn't taste like anything different. I make a meatloaf that has liver in it and meatballs and even tacos sometimes. And then uh, venison is actually really high in iron, like higher even than beef. And so we always have venison. So we eat that a lot, but yeah, just eating, eating steak, eating a lot of red meat whenever you're pregnant, because you, you need as much protein and iron as you can get. And then my, my OB actually told me whenever I went in, um, before I got pregnant with Providence and was like, I just need help. This was before I even got a lot of these resources. And I was like, I just need help. My last pregnancy and postpartum went not great. And I want to feel better this time. I have two other children. Like I want to feel better during this period. And he actually told me that 
exercise is one of the biggest indicators whenever they do research on who would claim to have a positive pregnancy experience. Women who exercise regularly during their pregnancy were the highest rate of people who would say that they had a good pregnancy. So my pregnancy with Providence and my pregnancy with Ransom, I walked at least two miles-ish, a mile and a half to two miles, at least five days a week, sometimes more than that. And it's enjoyable. Like I love going for walks and my kids love going for walks. So it's it's not a sacrifice really to do that. I enjoy it. But um, just being really diligent to keep on that. And mm-hmm. I, had a great, I had a great pregnancy with Providence, but my nutrition was different and I was exercising super regularly. Uh, like scripture says, a cheerful heart is good medicine. Like I think that that's a huge part in pregnancy and postpartum too, just not letting yourself have a pity pity party when you don't feel good. Cause there's lots of things during pregnancy that are going to be uncomfortable and just remaining cheerful and trusting the Lord that this is what you've given me. This is a blessing from you. And I want to have a good attitude through it, even through aches and pains and tiredness or nausea, whatever it may be. Definitely. And it's crazy. The symptoms that will go away with Annabelle, like I was not, I wasn't eating horribly, but I wasn't eating organic at all. Um, I really wasn't doing a lot of exercise and I had crazy symptoms like, like, have you heard of pups? Oh, is that where your belly is really itchy? Yes. So anywhere that you have stretch marks, horrible rash. I mean, I would just cry and I didn't want to go in public because it would just itch and burn so bad. And, uh, with my next two pregnancies, I was on a, a more organic diet, a whole, more whole foods diet. I didn't have that. I didn't have some of the bad symptoms that I had the first time around. It's crazy. Physical, the physical exercise is definitely a struggle for me. I gotta mm-hmm. push myself to do that. Um, but it is, it's really important getting your heart rate up specifically for 20 minutes, five times a week. Um, is that, that is a big thing that my midwives are always on me about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Also, um, just moving in a conducive way for your baby and for pregnancy, almost learning a new way to move that's going to help your body as your baby grows, get your baby in the best position for labor and delivery. I really love spinning babies. That's a great resource. And then one of my workout videos that I love is 10 minute solutions, prenatal Pilates. Um, and those are really great for teaching you pregnancy specific moves, Mm -hmm. how to stretch your body, how to open your body for your baby to get in a good position. Mm -hmm. Also with that chiropractic, oh my goodness, it makes a world of difference. It's crazy. Okay. I've never done chiropractic care during pregnancy. Oh, you need to have another baby so you can do that. (laughs) I'd like to, I would like to. I actually didn't know that I had mild scoliosis. And so my midwife thought that that could have been what contributed to all of my issues with Annabelle, with her being in a bad position. Um, mm-hmm. I had horrible back labor with her. Mm-hmm. So I actually found that out when I was pregnant with Becca Martin, Um, and I was able to get that worked out through chiropractic care. And I have not had back pain through pregnancies. I haven't had any back pain at all. It's been amazing. It's been so great. Awesome. Um, and they're trained to know what to do with a pregnant woman's body, you know, how to help her and how Mm -hmm. to help baby position. So 
I also, I love having a doula. I know you have midwives. I think just having that support, whether it be a doula or a midwife or even your OB, like just asking your OB, like, Hey, can you help me get a game plan for, I don't know if your OB would do this necessarily, but like supplements, nutrition, exercise, just having someone to bounce those ideas off of, even if it's just a friend, even if it's a friend that's knowledgeable about this kind of stuff or has had a few babies, like, Hey, can you help me make a plan? I want, I want to avoid being a yes. this time. I want to avoid feeling exhausted this time. Like just sit down with someone that would be a good friend to you. And like, just think through, think it through, bounce ideas off of. And that, that's one reason why I really love having a doula. Cause what about this? Should I try taking this? And she would just be like, yeah, you should try it. Or, you know, or be like, no, actually try this one. So just yeah. some having someone that is a support to you that will help you make a plan to be proactive in your pregnancy is immensely helpful. Okay. So pregnancy procedures. All right. Just research everything. (laughs) Look at everything. We want to look into gestational diabetes testing, amniocentesis, group B strep, basically anything that your OB or midwife comes to you and says, okay, we have this test for you. You want to take the time to look into it because um, a lot of things there are side effects and things can happen. Amniocentesis, we just want to stop and think, why do we need that? Well, the doctor wants to find out if your baby has Down syndrome so that you can abort them. And as Christians, obviously, we're not going that route. Or um, gestational diabetes testing, for example, um, rather than taking that horrible, awful drink that I've heard about, (laughs) um, my midwives, um, let's see, with Beckham, let's see, my first two, they gave me, they actually gave me a test kit. And so I would test in the morning before breakfast. And then I would test like an hour or so after breakfast, record my numbers. And I think I did that for three or four days. And that just gives them a really good idea of what's going on with your blood sugar. And then with Aurelia, my midwife was like, do you want to do this? Because you've never, you've never even had any signs of this. You're good. And I was like, yeah, I don't think we need to. So I didn't even do it. It's just even things like ultrasound and Doppler use. We want to be looking into that. What are the effects on my baby? Do we even know the effects? How has this been used through history? You know, just looking into all of that. And then some things only going to be important for you to look into. So um, I'm actually RH, uh, let's see, RH negative and Daniel's RH positive in our blood typing. And so I have been, they tell me with each pregnancy, you know, you need to get the Rogam shot. It's a big, long thing. (laughs) So that specifically applies to me. That's something I need to be looking into to whereas other people might not need to, but know what they're going to approach you with and be looking up. Being aware of what will come your way throughout your pregnancy at your, at your appointments, just knowing, okay, what will this appointment be like? And you can even ask your OB whenever you first go like, Hey, can I have kind of a schedule of what my, what my appointments will be like? Because they'll be able to tell you, okay, you're probably going to be scheduled for an ultrasound here. You're going to have your glucose test here. We're going to, you know, talk to you about this at this point, Mm -hmm. you'll start coming weekly at this point. But if you just kind of have that scheduled out, then you can go home, talk to your husband, do some research, pray about it and know what things do you you think are important for your family and what things you think, no, actually, I think I'm going to go a different route with that. But just being, again, proactive and mindful of all the decisions throughout your pregnancy. And if you do that on the front end, then it's a lot easier as your pregnancy, as you're in the middle of, than if you're in the middle of your pregnancy. And for me, I know 
especially with like birth things or like things that have to do with a baby. It's, it's very helpful for me if I pass some of that stuff off to Jared and say, Hey, I've looked at this. These are my thoughts on it. Can you now make this decision? Because I can get emotional about it and get, or get fearful or get like over-informed and then overly mindful about it. So it's helpful for me to just talk to Jared about it, pray together, and then have him make the clear non-emotional decision. So, so including your husband in those, I think can be extremely helpful and a blessing. Yeah, definitely. So a good resource that I have for that, her name is Sarah Wickham, S-A-R-A-W-I-C-K-H-A-M. She's a midwife and she actually might be a doctor now. I can't, I can't remember, but she has really, really great books where, um, she's not trying to convince you one way or the other, you know, um, she has a great book on vitamin K shot. She's not trying to tell you not to get it or to get it. She's just presenting you with data. Mm -hmm. You can take that and make your decision as you will. As your birth is approaching, what are some things that we can do to prepare mentally and even like tangibly in our home with our children, our house? What are some things that we can do for preparing for that? The biggest thing is obviously praying and reading scripture and getting mentally, getting yourself mentally ready because being on, having a um, steady mental game almost Mm -hmm. is really get you through labor. You know, if you are wild and your brain is chaotic and you haven't mentally prepared for this, you're going to be in the middle of a contraction and you're going to be freaking out, you know? (laughs) (laughs) this, I'm going to die, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, so that has really helped me preparing your house. I really like to towards the end of my pregnancy, the last month or so really focus on trying to keep it clean. I know you're exhausted and, mm-hmm. but it's really going to help once you have the baby, if the house is organized and not mm-hmm. a wreck. And, mm-hmm. um, if you're um, going to have a home birth, having all your supplies ready and just having everything peaceful and calm. It's, it's just really going to be a big blessing for everyone for your entire family. I really love back on to the mental note, you know, mentally preparing yourself. I, with each pregnancy or my last two, rather, I guess, um, I've had a specific thing that I went to during contractions. So, um, my midwife talked to me about preparing a memory before you're in labor and, um, thinking about some wonderful memory and remembering every detail of it. You know, what were the smells? What were the noises? Who were you with? And then during each contraction in your mind, that's where you go. That's what you're thinking about. And you're not focusing on, oh my gosh, I'm in so much pain or like with Aurelia, I memorized Psalm 23. And so each contraction I'm in my head reciting Psalm 23. Mm -hmm. I'm not I'm pain. I'm reciting Psalm 23. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so things like that, having that can really get you in the mindset and ready to go. Yeah. For me, and this was just the grace of God because I did not prepare this. This was just God's kindness to me. It was like the day I think before I went into labor with Providence, went into labor slash started passing a kidney stone <laughs> with Providence because oh. I was having sil- simultaneously with my birth with her it was just intense, horrible, worst pain of your life kind of scenario that was just unescapable, like horrible pain. And anyways, 
uh, the day before I had written a Instagram post just about contentment and how Paul talks about the secret of contentment. And it's that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And it was just like in my mind over and over again, that God can help me be content through insane pain and uncertainty and just a really crazy scenario. And it was 2020 and like, they weren't even wanting to let my husband come into the emergency room with me. And it was just the crazy stuff. Yes. But God yeah. just bringing that continually to my mind that like, you can give me contentment and strength through something that seems so unbearable. And then again, the, a cheerful heart being good medicine, like God helped me and gave me peace through that when like, there's no way I could have gotten handles for a situation like that, but God was faithful. So I totally agree. Like just yeah. trusting the Lord and then having that, having his word hidden in your heart, um, I think is so helpful because whenever yep. you're in a scenario where you're in a lot of pain or uncertainty or anything like that, you can reflect back on his word. Yeah, definitely. One more thing on that, that really helped. If you take the time to learn the physiology of a system and the physiology of birth, you're really going to understand what is happening in your body and yeah. it may not seem like that would be helpful. It really yeah, is. I agree. Um, just knowing, okay, this is what's happening now and I'm not dying and this is good. This I'm supposed to be feeling this yeah. way. You know? Yeah. But even, even you can even tell, okay, I, I know now that I'm in transition. I've, I've read about this. I've learned about this. I can tell I'm in transition. I'm, I'm, I'm almost there. I'm ready to go, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's really good. Um, another thing with preparing your home and towards the end of pregnancy, I start thinking about, well, cause I've had three C-sections now I start thinking, okay, what am I going to need? Cause for like after a C-section, that's like, you know, four to six weeks of kind of not being in commission. So I start thinking like, okay, what are some things I'm going to need around the house? What are some things my kids are going to need? What are some things that could make food easier? What are some things that could make my husband's life easier as he's taking care of me and the kids and a newborn baby? Um, just if you're a part of a church, then we do a meal train, which is amazing. It's such a blessing to get it's It is. It is so helpful to get those meals because we usually do. We usually do about a month of meals and they come three times a week. And I think most people try to bring like a bigger amount so that you have leftovers the days that you're um, not getting meals, but that is immensely helpful. But thinking through food, thinking through your house, is it worth it to you and your family to line up somebody that can help with cleaning duties or mm -hmm. childcare? Um, or if you homeschool, like, would it be helpful to line up someone to do even your homeschool work for you for a couple weeks or whatever, just thinking ahead, what are all of my duties and how can I manage those? Like being a good manager of your home through your postpartum period. So thinking of it as this is, this is a real section of my life where there's going to be real people that need taken care of. And how can I manage all of the little areas and prepare them for a time that I'm not going to be doing what I'm normally doing and being mindful that if you do less, if you do rest, if you do nourish your body, if you do take care of yourself, then this postpartum period will be shorter rather than if you just, well, I'm speaking from experience here because I've done this. If you just try to push through and be all better and be up and doing all the things you, you push yourself into an actually longer period of not feeling well and not being able to do all the things. So, um, I had great advice this last pregnancy to just like literally lay down, <laughs> lay down yeah. for at least a week or two, like lay down. 
Yes. Yeah. <laughs> when I had Aurelia, my midwife got so mad because she came to check on us. I think maybe 24 hours post-birth. She was like, your heart rate is so high. What have you been doing? I was like, well, I was making the beds. She was like, why would you do that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, oh, you were coming over. And yeah. But yeah, two, if you can manage two to three weeks, you have to remember that even though you can't see it, you have a huge internal wound from your um, placenta that needs healing and you have a baby that you need yeah. to take and yourself that you need to take care of. And, um, something my mom and I do, you know, you could invite your mom or friends over and we just spend an entire day doing freezer meals. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. that combined with the church ladies mm-hmm. helping us with meals, oh, it's such a blessing. So mm-hmm. helpful. I mean, for six weeks after you have the baby, you basically don't have to worry about food because yeah. you yeah. Oh, so helpful. So helpful. Yeah. yeah. I think I used to see it as a sign of health. If I just like bounced back super quick and like, yeah. if I'm just up and doing all my normal stuff really quickly after birth, and that means that I'm healthy and everything's great, but really I was doing myself a huge disservice. And yeah. I'm, I'm just so thankful that I got some really good advice and people were like, no, actually it's a sign of wisdom and health. If you, if you sit down and rest your body and allow it to heal. Yeah. And just be thankful that I took that time with Aurelia, just lay in bed and yeah. is being lazy, but just be right. thankful for the time of rest mm-hmm. that you just get to soak up this new baby and you just get to relax and heal. And, um, oh, another thing about, um, asking for help postpartum, it really helped me to be specific with the help that I asked. So mm-hmm. rather than saying, oh, Hey mom, or Hey friends, um, could you come help me? Mm-hmm. Hey mom can you come do my dishes, please? (laughs) So helpful because I would ask my mom to come help me and my mom would come over, but then I would feel guilty that I was asking help around the house. So I would just let her hold the baby and I would go do the work. And it was like, this is not, it's not good. Be specific, ask for things that you need. Yeah. And if you know that you don't have a lot of help or if you live in a different place than your family lives, or maybe you don't have women at your church, that you could ask for help, um, talk to your husband about, Hey, could we save some money aside for postpartum so that we could hire a house cleaner or, you know, whatever kind of help, uh, just making it a priority with your family to be able to heal during the postpartum period. Definitely. Do you have any other thoughts? Do you want to touch on miscarriage before we end? Yes. Yes, we should. I think we should. It's okay. the thing that no one wants to think about. Yes. Yeah. But, um, it is good to just have it in your mind because you don't know if you'll ever encounter it. I, we actually had two miscarriages last year and I kind of had experiences with every option that you can have. Um, so just some options in miscarriage and to remember, honestly, I did rely a little bit more on the doctors during miscarriages rather than birth because, birth is not, or uh, pregnancy and birth are not an illness, but miscarriage. Okay. Now we do have a problem. And so I did go with their advice a little bit more during miscarriage, but just remember that it's still your baby. You still get to make the decisions and OBs, doctors, they're there for wise counsel. Mm-hmm. Um, so first option on miscarriage is you can wait if So there's what's called a missed miscarriage. And that just means that um, it didn't happen spontaneously. You probably found it through an ultrasound, which is what happened to us. 
you can wait for your body to miscarry on its own. Um, that is, that is a really good option, ideally, just because you're kind of letting your body go through it naturally, but downsides can be, that can take a really long time. It could take a couple days or for us, it actually took several months and then it didn't even, nothing was even Mm -hmm. happening. Mm -hmm. It can take a long time that emotionally is really hard to handle. So if you're not prepared to handle that emotionally, maybe that's not your option. (laughs) Also, you have to keep an eye out for infection if you go with that. Another option is Cytotec, which actually is sort of like inducing labor so that you can, depending on how far along you are, you can go ahead and stay at home for your miscarriage. That really do your research on that. If you want to go with that, it's a really great option for some people, but it's actually not even FDA approved for inducing miscarriage. It's actually like an ulcer treatment. (laughs) So it can cause some issues, hemorrhage, uterine rupture, things like that. But, and it doesn't always work. It works great for some people. Sometimes it doesn't work. And then DNC, that's a procedure, you know, you're going to be put under for that. And, but it's, it's quick and over with emotionally, you know, you're not dragging it out. We're just, Mm -hmm. we're done. And well, obviously not done, but you know what I mean? Um, It can obviously cause issues. Anytime you have a procedure like that, you're going to be looking at scar tissue, specifically in the fallopian tubes. You can, anytime you have abdominal procedures, your fallopian tubes can be scarred and that can cause ectopic pregnancies. So just even like you said, even though we don't want to, we don't really want to think about it. It is good to just kind of touch on things and maybe quickly look them up. You don't have to deep dive or anything, but just quickly know your options even if you're not pregnant, just knowing your options so that if it does arise, um, you have a little bit of foreknowledge, um, that way you're not faced with this difficult decision while you're being, you know, while you're, um, in this emotional difficult time. So, and honestly, it's probably the best to think about those kind of things when you're not pregnant. Definitely. So, but I think at the very least having someone that, you know, in your mind, that would be a good resource that if something were to happen that you could call and say, this is happening. Can you help me? Can you walk through this? So very least, even if you don't do the dive and look through everything right now, very least having someone in your mind that you know that you can call and say, Hey, you're my person. I need help now. Yep. Absolutely. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, um, you know, ideally it would be a Christian sister because, Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, they're going to be able to walk you through it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And just knowing that life and death is in the hand of the Lord that we can trust him, but there are things that we probably need to think about in a non-emotional state. So I think that's, that's wise advice to think about those, those things when you don't need to be thinking about them, you know, rather than having to at a, at a moment that you wish you didn't have to. Yep. Thank you so much for coming to talk to us about all of this stuff. It's so helpful. Um, Okay. So give me your favorite resources real quick. You've named a couple. Do you have any other resources that you like? I really love spinning babies. Got to go back to spinning babies. I really love uh, them. And I can't really think of anything else. So have you read this book, The Real Real Food Pregnancy by Lily Nichols? No. I saw that you had it. um, And so I have it in my Amazon cart. (laughs) 
Yeah, I really, I really love that book. And I just love all the recipes at the end. And then um, I have nourishing traditions and then the nourishing traditions book for baby and child care. And both of them are just super help, super helpful for pregnancy, um, just nutrition, even some information about like postpartum care, all that kind of stuff. So I love both of those. I actually did just think of another one. Um, Ina Mae Gaskin. I really enjoyed her books. Like I said earlier, she is, she is quite hippie. Yeah. Um, so you got to take it with a grain of salt, but she has some really great books and some of her books even have a ton of birth stories in them. And, yeah. um, she kind of gives commentary on them, which is helpful. Yeah. Um, some of, some of those birth she stories goes through are... a lot of the physiology of birth and things like that too. So mm-hmm. Some of the, some of the birth stories in there were so amazing. I remember talking to Lexi about it and be like, this is the most post mill birth story I've ever heard. (laughs) Like, like just amazing, magical births that people had like no pain and were laughing and having a great time. Sorry, you cut out whose birth story was that? Um, in the Ina May books, in one of the (laughs) Ina May books that I read, I'm like, this is the most post mill birth story I've ever heard. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. There's some crazy ones in there. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, thank you again for coming and talking to us. Um, we should do this again and you, we should talk about more things. Yeah. I love it. All right. Everybody. Thanks for listening. Talk to you later. Thanks. Bye.